This is the It's Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! Right, we're back once again with another podcast. Um, this is episode seven, uh, and on this episode we've got Stu Wright. How we doing, mate? All right. Good, thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> uh, well, I've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks now. Is it about, about four or five episodes? But obviously, just trying to get the plan everything in, in time. Essentially, like that's what it, that's what it was. Just trying to get the right time where you were off and I was off. And yeah, I've been wanting you to get on so we can talk local music and, and whatnot. Yeah, good. Um... Obviously, the timing issues, we'd, as you say, there with work and stuff, we'd, uh, when you were available, I wasn't, and vice versa, but <laughs> exactly, yeah. we're here now, so that's the main thing. <laughs> um, well, I just want to get right into it, to be honest with you. Um, we're both local lads, Whitehaven. We actually live about 300 yards away from each other. Yeah. Um, and um, I just want to get into how you got into the music, not me knowing what the local scene was like years ago and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to know how you got into it, bit and and the style of music you got into as well. I'm just intrigued. Right. Well, I mean, it, it all stems back for me, even you know, early teens when you you're just listening to stuff that your mum and dad listened to in the house. Um, a lot of stuff I listened to was early eighties. You Whitney Houston's Gloria Estefan's and things like that. That was the first sort of. Music albums I knew because they were mum, my mum's music uh, albums. Um, right. Me personally, when I started getting a bit older, I was into like a lot of the synth stuff like Erasure, Yazoo, uh, Bronsky Beat, Communards, and that's where I always think I get this love for synth now. Yeah. Because I sort of grew up with that sort of era. Great um, era so, to grow up as well. Like. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was. Obviously, I've went lived through the eighties and the nineties when it comes mm. to music. Which, I mean, people all say that oh, when they were in the sixties, seventies, they were the best years for music. But that's the good thing about music; it's different. Yeah, I think like I've I've been talking about this with some someone at work, and basically, I think everyone, if you're a casual listener of music, not like ourselves, like like who are quite involved in it, but as a casual listener of music, I think people get caught in like a five-year period um, and you notice that with the old school and stuff, you'll have a lot of people who've got old school nights and they'll only like music from say 91 to like 96 and then yeah. there's some that'll only listen from like 94 and 98. Like it's just when they come of age, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, where the first start going out, the first, it's the, the it's nostalgia that's a, attached to it. Yeah. So for me, it's like, like clubland and stuff like that yeah if i heard that nowadays i don't know if i'd listen to it i mean i, I probably would because i love it but it's it's just what comes yeah. out in your time well do you not think now like with 
with the grime music that's around now, um, all these young kids love it, and I feel like I'm an old man because like I just don't get it. Eh? No. Like, don't, I, it's really, really popular, and it's selling a lot of records. You go on the stream and stuff like that, it's making big numbers, but I'm just like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, it sounds mental, I just... I just don't. Eh? It's it's funny you say that because, as I say, when when I was when I was younger and I was getting into the scene and stuff, um, my dad also used to come up into bedroom and he'd be like, "Turn that down! It's not even music." And mm. you know, he was into like Bob Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel yeah. and Doctor Hook and all that sort of stuff. So to listen to like my early sort of Italian imports. Right. It was like, it's all just synthesised crap anyhow. And it, 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 that's what I said, people get stuck in that era. And I imagine when he was coming of age, they were the artists that were big. Yeah. And it's like, like even even now, like my missus listens to early 2000s R&B. And like, it's just one of the things, she listens to new stuff and old stuff like, like I do. Yeah. But like, it's just one of her go-to things. And it's like, for you, I imagine you probably stick your zoo on and you're in a, a nostalgic place. Do you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. just an example. Like. Yeah, I mean, t to be fair, it's like the Italian stuff and the old piano stuff, I cannot listen to it at all. Like, I couldn't just go now and, and say, right, I want to listen to some music and listen to, like, a, an old mix of me own or someone else's. <clears throat> I just... I only ever listen to it when I'm playing it. Right. Do you know what I mean? If I'm doing, if I've, if I'm doing a mix or I'm, I'm playing at a club or whatever or the stream or whatever, I just, I don't know. I just cannot get away with it. My go-to stuff is sort of like, I like the eighties stuff and I, and I like a lot of, like, how can I put it? Like, haunting female vocalists, like, likes of Christina Novelli. Yeah. She's got an acoustic album. It's one of the best albums you can hear. Oh, no. Oh, uh, you sent me it last week. Yeah. And, I, and, I, do. and a lot of people just think, oh, it's Christina Novelli. It must be trance or something mm. like that. But um, absolutely unreal um, vocalist. Uh, I listen to, like, uh, Marina. Right. Um, so, again, it's all just, like, you know, because I, I just can't... I cannot listen to... Old school Italian. Don't get me wrong. If someone sent me a mix, I'll put a new mix up on Mixcloud, yeah. and I was, uh, I don't know, Penton Fence or something like that. Yeah. yeah, of course I would listen to it and stuff, um, because I know people's put time in to do the mixes, so that's that's not a problem. But my go-to, whole old school and Italian, would be right at the bottom of the pile, and that might surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I, I can I can relate to that like quite a lot. I, I for me. I've got like I've been brought up with like so many different influences that that people are shocked. It, like you say that 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 you you go to isn't what people expect. Yeah. Like uh, um, for instance, I've drove to gigs. Obviously, I don't drink, so like you just I'm the driver all the time. And yeah. I've went and picked other DJs, obviously just to save on fuel and that for people. So just um, freezing. And then I've picked them up. They've got in the car and I've had my USB, you know, my Spotify playlist on or whatever. And then they'll get in like, oh, I didn't know you were in Elvis. And I was like, ah, yeah. But then the next yeah. tune that comes on could be like Louis Capaldi or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, a lot of people are shocked when I, the sales, I listen to a lot of pop punk music. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you like that type of music at all? Yeah, it's, it, as I say, I'll listen to anything if it's, 
Yeah. You know, you know yourself, you can listen to a tune, you can hear something on the radio, somebody even that's current in the charts now, and it's a little bit of a foot tap, and you're like, oh, what's this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So It's like, she, she listens to this this song, at, um, the, I've got the, the vinyls just up there, um, Doja Cat, and like I heard the tune, this one tune, and I was just like, "Hey, that's fucking it's decent." I don't really like modern trap music. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit too. I don't know. For, for, it's not for me. Yeah. And and then, but there's one or two tunes. As you say, you foot tapping, and it's just like, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Uh, and I don't know. I find I find that like there is maybe ten or twenty percent of the people out there, like yourself, and who like to. Um, what's the word like the open minded to music so yeah. you could listen to me a rap tune and it's like oh I like this um, or, or as you say like Christina Novelli like you might listen to an acoustic album you're mind blown by it yeah. but people know you as an Italian DJ and it's just mm. like oh alright then does that make sense yeah, where yeah. From? I'm not, yeah definitely it's like as I say when you put something different on and people don't expect it they're like oh what's this yeah. but I mean, currently, when you when you see all the artists and stuff that's out there now, I couldn't tell you ten artists, but uh, one artist that I do like and I've listened to a couple of their albums is The Weeknd, right? Because again, that's a a Synth lot of their, a lot of their yeah. tunes are synth driven. Yeah, um, 80s inspired massively. Yeah. I love it, by the way. I uh -huh. really into it. So you know, that's sort of when I when I first heard like a couple of The Weeknd tunes, it, you know, it sort of pricked me ears up, and like I would say to uh, my daughter, um, one of them's 19, one's 15. Who's that by? And mm. they'll know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's... But that's it. When you hear a good tune, you know it's a good tune, don't you? Yeah. As an average listener, I do wonder to myself, like, this is this is one of these things, like, obviously, if you know your music history, then it's sort of redundant. But yeah. as an average listener, like, uh, say your daughter of 15 or 19, uh, they hear The weekend. do they know it's like heavily 80s inspired or is it like this is fresh music like no. I, I don't know I, 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 to them I would think it, if knowing them too they would probably think oh this is new because I don't think the the sort of look at music the way that yeah, 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 a lot of people I mean. do so it's a just like listener, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're just a casual listener that's what the kids are into at this moment in time so yeah. you know you sort of follow along but going back to like obviously when I when I started playing, sort of what you would call old school and or Italian, um, all the Italian imports and stuff. How old are you? Like I know, uh, I always ask people this. I just like to know what what year we're in and like like when you discovered this music. What what was it at the time? Was it was it acid house or was it was it the piano? Like, it was or what? well to to be honest like. As I say, I was into the 80s sort of stuff, but when, when you start getting older and you start going out to, like, discos and things like that, right. um, I was into, like, Michael Jackson, uh, Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer, all the, yeah. like, sort of... Because, you know, I loved all the dance moves and things like that. And then you listen to stuff like, I don't know, like Paula Abdul beats... Um, and, Rush, that's a tune now, Paula uh, Abdul well, tune. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's a bit, a bit different <laughs> isn't it? it's it's a quiet tune but it's, yeah you know when you're listening to like stuff like that and then you're hearing like technotronic cnc music factory right, yeah that's when i started sort of progressing into like oh that's a bit different yeah but you know 24 7 technotronic um 
How how were you hearing it? Was it was this radio player that you were you were, like, just like that sort of stuff? CNC Music mm. Factory, Technotronic, and that that was like it was new to me. Um, just going to like under under sixteens discos, right? Because you know you were listening to as I say your your chart stuff, and that's what you were hearing at under sixteen at, at discos and things like Christmas parties and things. Mm. And then when I started, it was obviously when I was. 15 year old that's when the boom for music sort of started the in dance music right. around here so i mean i was i was young but i was going to under 16 disco and i was getting the sort of environment of what the adults were listening to because right. a lot of people don't know this but djs who worked in nightclubs back in in them times they didn't bring their own tunes uh, the, 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 the nightclub the bought the yeah, tunes yeah, yeah. themselves, so they were just buying what was current. So, um, yeah. So then, then at, like you, you, you would hear stuff like Massive Attack, um, Orbital, yeah, and then you would hear things like, um, oh, what, what was that? Uh, so this must have been what, like ninety two or something like that. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm crap with dates and stuff, but mm. I was like fifteen. I was at school. Because, uh, to be honest, a lot of the time at school, there was only a group of us, maybe 10, 15 of us that were into the music, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and you sort of got, not skitted, but, you know, people sort of like... You're not down. cooler. Oh, no, no it, was as though, it was as though you were, you were trying to... Because you've got to remember at this time, the, the, the adults and stuff... They were they were going to massive clubs like Quadrant Park. Yeah. Um, they were going to like Hackett's in yeah. Blackpool. So we were lucky in the fact that the group of lads that we all knocked around together, some of them had older brothers who were into that. So they were bringing tapes right. back from these events. Right. And we were listening to these tapes. You know, like I can remember like going to school on the bus and they'll be like, five of us round a Walkman and one lad would say, listen to this, it's from like Love Shack in Blackpool yeah. or, you know, Ackett's Quadrant Park, um, Hacienda, things like that. So you were listening to it. And again, I picked up on it because, again, it was a lot of synth-driven tunes and I was like, oh, I like this. Right. So so the way it was getting spread in sort of, like, you, Whitehaven lad all, all your life, uh, Yeah. Right. So the way it was getting spread through Whitehaven... Was it through the through, so it was through the tapes? People were going away, bringing Absolutely. the tapes back, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. That that's, makes sense. that's how it sort of started. Um, and then I remember like people would, would always go away to you know, as clubs that I've mentioned there and mm. stuff. And then the old hall, this is when the old hall started, right? Because obviously it was a movement that you know, people around here sort of weren't into it, but. It had to creep in eventually. Oh uh, yeah, obviously. And how that how that happened was, there was a guy called um, Sean Michaels, Space Face, right? Um, very popular in the old school scene. He's he's not here any any longer, unfortunately. The old um, Love Shack DJ, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he started him, yeah. started at the Love Shack, and then he was he was booked to come up here to the old hall. Right. So to me, I always think he's the man that sort of he's the man that started this movement for me right so so you when like. you were getting into it you would say your inspiration was like a space face type thing like or, or absolutely the park djs etc yeah like that but sort of thing. The, the thing was as well you, like a lot of people think 
like say to me, oh, you were one of the first DJs I listened to around here, old school DJs and stuff. And maybe at my age, fair enough, but there was, I can remember DJs before me when I was at school. Uh, um, I mean, there's names I'll say on here, people will know and people will be like, well, I've never heard of him, neither. Like, Evesy, a lad from Kells. Right. He was unreal, DJ. He was he was doing a lot of this sort of st- like he'll have got into the music when he was going away himself. Right. Um and he's probably thought, I like that and he's and he's played, but there's been no clubs around here for him to play. But then when the old all opened up and they started playing this sort of stuff. So you had Eves, you had Chem, um a lad from Barra, Gripper. Um right. Gripper's doing really well now. He's still playing to this day. Yeah. He does a lot of like Balearic stuff and he's always, you know, travelling the world and that day, Jen. Danny Maudlin. Yeah. Danny Maudlin started um a lot earlier than than I did. Yeah. To be fair, Danny was probably the first person that ever gave me a go on twelve tens. Right, right, yeah, right. Uh I know he he likes that sort of hacienda stuff and that, doesn't he? Like, yeah. yeah, but um but that's interesting, like how it's it's sort of come about. Then so you and your group of five mates who, who weren't the cool kids, we we go to the old hall. We get we 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 uh, yeah. I mean, it was one of them. You were listening to the tapes and stuff, and you were like, um, "I would love to go to one of these nights." I mean, as I said, we were doing the under sixteen discourse, which was in the park in Whitehaven. So to go from like. Um, the back room of the Labour Club yeah. for, for like, a, a school disco or a Christmas party or something like that. Mean. To go into a nightclub environment, you know, when you're seeing all the lasers, all the smoke machines, big speakers, massive sound, it was like... It was like a game-changer. Right. That's, uh, it's, it's, I can see where you're coming from because I can I, I can remember going to your, like, local worker men's clubs for discos yeah. or... Or your village halls and stuff like that, and then the experience of what you call a rave, like yeah. Oh yeah, essentially, isn't it? Well, but, that, that's what it was. It was a rave yeah. music because back then, um, I mean, it was something I would I was going to touch on. Um, there wasn't a genre of music. You you might you might listen to like somebody would play like a Ginny track, which is right. an Italian import, or DJ Steffi, which is like which charted, yeah. and then all of a sudden drop. Like an hardcore tuning, like it's rave, rave music, rave isn't signal. It? Yeah. So it was like hardcore piano. Everything was all mixed in. It yeah. wasn't like you know you didn't separate your genres. It was yeah. just you listen to Rosala, everybody's free, yeah. or Sunshine on a Rainy Day by Zoe, and then you would have like a rich banging. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can, I can, I can see what you mean. Um, but the the, I think it, the way, because obviously I like different stuff. Uh, like a variety of stuff. I I don't like the way the music's went where it's all it's you, you're pigeonholed. Yeah, I, I'm pigeonholed as a bounce stage here yeah, now. If you come and watch one of my sets, I don't just play bounce. It's like yeah. yourself. Like I, I, when we've talked off pod, you've said what what other types of music you like and stuff like that. And I'm like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to play it. But yeah. as as a rule of thumb, you can't turn it to an old school gig and start playing. Other, other stuff because it, it puts people off doesn't it do you know well, what I mean to be honest right I, I sort of in in the last I'm skipping forward here but just while we're on the subject of it on the last Madison's event um, I actually played Run DMC right I'd go off in, in, in my, to be honest 
no different. The dance floor would just stayed exactly the same. It was just like a, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> uh, an acapella of um, Run DMC. It's like that. Yeah. And then towards the end, it's just got the the bass. Yeah. So I just thought, right, I'm going to drop that in because. Um, and the track came to an end and I thought right well so the, the acapella was just playing and the beat right. so I just dropped another tune over the top of it right so it was just you know just to does, leave does, a bit of boredom because you can get a bit bored if you, yeah uh, like the old school scene nothing against it at all uh, it's get well the bounce scene's getting much very like it to be honest with you um, where you play this you'll have a, a set of, of tunes you like you'll have 40 tunes mm. and you'll just play them in a different order like the, yeah. when I hear classic sets now you can almost hear what's coming up do you know yeah. what I mean like oh, I've heard these, these set of tunes but I've heard it in a different order yeah. do you know what I mean and and it's not people go out to hear that that's what they want to hear yeah. it's like uh, on the last podcast with with doof when we're talking about um africa bombata pumpinani i hate the tune I used to love it as a kid but i hate it because of how much has been played but if you play it you feel you feel at a dance floor aren't you like it's one of them isn't it Do you know it's, something it's one of them tunes right I, I don't like it i never did like it when it first came out but it's one of them tunes i put a lot bit of responsibility on on it getting played around here because they were the sort of tunes at the time that when I was DJing, yeah, you know, when I went, when I would go and get my tunes from Melody House or I would ring Debbie up or Phil or Callie or whoever and they would play a load of tunes down the phone to you, they knew what sort of stuff you were into, absolutely. So they would, I would sometimes I would ring up and say, Right, what have you got in this week? and Debbie would say, Right, I've, I've, I've got these tunes here, I've put these back because I know you're into this sort of stuff. And I would just say, right, no problem, how much is it? She would send them and I would pay over the phone and that would be in, they would come up. Right. So you, you sort of played these tunes because, you know, but no, Puppanani, I hate it. I don't mind uh, African Bambata feel the vibe. That's not a bad tune. It's, it's not, not a bad, a bad tune. tune, but Puppanani, I draw the line at. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually the, the, the B-side mixed to it. It's a bit tougher and I yeah. quite like that. It's, it's, I've heard a couple of DJs play it and I, it's, it's, it's all right. But it's just, I think it's just because it's one of them tunes, isn't it? It's like, it's, you would call it a White Haven anthem, isn't it? It's, oh. it, it's as soon as it, you could play it at, a, at an 18th disco, you could play it at a, at a 50th, and then it comes on and dance floor's full. Like, it's one of them <laughs> tunes, isn't it? It's, it's just one of them. But I yeah, don't, um, I don't know, I'll never experience it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, as I say, we'll move back to sort of um, yeah. your early 90s and that, like, you you've, You've, you're learning the tunes, you're learning what's what, you're listening to the rave tapes. Yeah. Where, where are you going from there? Right, so obviously we were doing the under-16s discos and then, you, you know, you wanted to sample what these raves were like. Yeah. Because what you've got to remember as well, around about that time, there was people going to the old hall and then they were going to, like, raves afterwards in barns and... Yeah, yeah. Coniston was big for the raves Massive in the caves and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you sort of wanted to experience that. And, like, I was only, like, 15, 16, and it was one of them things you didn't want to sort of go and get blew out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But on certain nights, because the lads who we sort of hung around with who were going to the old hall were older lads. Yeah. Um, you could blend in with them. Do you know what I, I mean? Know, uh, yeah, if there's, a, if there's a big group of years and yeah. some, some of them are bigger and, and look, look a bit older, you sort of just float by. Exactly, so we, we got to experience them and 
I can I can still remember to this day first going in there um, and you couldn't see a thing it was just smoke machines and lasers and stuff going off and I made a play straight away for for the DJ mm. because you know he was sort of folklore listening to on these tapes and you're like Oh, so that's what he looks like. Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, as I say, um, on the last podcast, we, we, we were talking about it, and we were like, everyone's got their own church. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, like, you, there was always, if you listen to tape packs and stuff like like, imagine yourself, if you listen to, uh, like, a, say, a Quadrant Park tape, yeah. you imagine what it would be like, because you can hear the atmosphere in the tape, yeah. and you just imagine what it's like, and then... Uh, like you say, for a, a, a random DJ, like, oh, I want... There weren't celebrities, there were just somebody in the corner of the room. Exactly. So it's like, you don't see them on the front of, like, OK Magazine, yeah. not like that. Yeah. So f f for me, it's like, I wonder what he looks like, and all like that, and you yeah. get there, and it's like... And then you it, see them. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a reality, isn't it? And yeah. it's like, I, I'm fascinated by stuff like that, man, honestly. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love all the nostalgia of it all now. Um, even when you look, if you look back, um, you see it on Facebook and stuff and Instagram all the time, um, where people share that snippet of Sasha dropping um, Anthem, Enjoy, in Quadrant Park. And there must be like, Oh, I have seen that. Three nice. or four I, I, I didn't know what you were on about there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, it's, I've seen one with him dropping Anthem Enjoy, and I've also seen him one dropping um, Art Cobra together. Right. And when when they kick in, mate, to see... And, and, that's, yeah. and that's what we were lucky to be in that sort of crowd. I mean, you're never, ever going to get that again. You know, it doesn't matter how many events are sort of popular. Yeah. Back then... You know, it was it was unreal. It was because it was brand new. I think. Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Because rave. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't. I I never I never took drugs. Yeah. Um. So I can imagine. You know, a lot of people were into it for. You know, they were going and listening to those those tunes, and when they were dropping, and everybody was loved up, and uh, it's a different you know, thing, it's just it? an atmosphere where everybody just comes together and. Mm. Um. And the music and the and the drugs probably complement each, each oh, other. Oh, hand in hand, definitely. Like, I, no, there's nobody out there who can say that they're going to go to a rave and not know one is is off the red because, yeah. like, it, it it comes hand in hand with it. And you can't. It's just one of them things. It's it, it can bring a lot of enjoyment for people for for the music. It enhances yeah. the experience of, as I say, like people say when the Love Doves and that were around that like. You, you you go into a certain club and then a big piano breakdown will come in and as you're coming up it's a big hands in the air moment yeah it's it sounds like it would have been special it's not something i'm interested in yeah. like but it's it, it sounds like it's a moment in their life yeah. where they've, they've it's a it's nostalgia and well it, it's a way to from. it's a way to shut off from everyday pressures isn't it mm. i mean people do their own things and yeah, you know got their own vice, mate. yeah and i'll and i'll never judge anybody with what they want to do but you know, when people's working hard all week and they're going out to these nightclubs and, and, mm. and that's the release. Well, I, I just want to touch on it because obviously you'd mentioned about Old Hall and sort of look, some local places. Yeah. If you talk to sort of the older generation, um, yeah. I'm talking maybe lads in like the, the 60s maybe, um, they were saying when... when all, all the all the humans who are are all in like the forties now. Yeah. When when the old all came along, it was to it was to complement Thorpe um, on Sellafield. It was because all these travellers were coming up, 
and they didn't have a nightclub where they were hearing this rave music that was from your Blackpool, your Liverpool, Manchester, Glasgow, yeah. do you know what I mean? So when 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 Old Hall was there, you had all these contractors from away coming to the, well, to the Old Hall. It's funny it? you say that because, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Old Hall used to be up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. And, and yeah, I agree with you that there was a lot of um, travellers that were yeah. up here going to those nights, going to that night. But the Friday night, that became like the specialist night, if you know what I mean, for yeah, the yeah. dance thing. They still had the Thursday nights where it would have been rammed to the rafters on a Thursday night, yeah. you know, of contractors and stuff. And, and Sunday's likely the same, uh, Saturday's, but the Friday night was the, you know, it... It was just a specialist night. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen, I've seen pictures. Like, if you look at Egremont now of what it is, where where, um, where the old hall was, it's sort of a shell of what it was. Yeah. Um, but if you, I've seen photos where the queue goes right down the street. Yeah. And, I, and when I say right down the street, it's not exa exaggeration of a thing. It would be literally down by the war memorial, and you just see. I've, I've seen one from the entrance, facing the entrance, and you could just see people queuing right down in, like, yeah. twos and threes. Absolutely. And it's like, how we're not going to have that again. It's, it's a bit sad, but, yeah. but what a moment to be, like, yeah. to be going out, you know what I mean? A lot of people used to, like, go to the Nile before they went to the Old Hall um, yeah. for the Friday night. Um, that was sort of the, the place to go on a Friday night. Um, Never went in, to be honest. I went in later on when it was diff called different things. Like, mm. I know it was Beano's or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I remember Jagger and um, Dan DJing in Beano's yeah. um, when the old hall opened again, sort of the second time when it was Jagger and Mackie and yeah. Swifty and, and Dadden and uh, George. Um, but, yeah, so, at, like, as I say, you're going in there at a 16-year-old and you're thinking to yourself, like... This is this is good, and as I say, I made a beeline for the for the DJ um, because I was into the tunes, uh, and I was hearing tunes that you couldn't go and buy in Woolies. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. W. H. Smith. So I was intrigued, and I wanted to know. And to be fair, Sean, he used to be spot on. You know, he wouldn't. He would always. He would always have a crack with us, and he would let us know what stuff was. So then, uh, then it opened up a new thing of like. Then I started buying. My, my records from Melody House as opposed to buying them from Woolies and Brooks in, in yeah, White Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see why. So like... I was buying all these tunes because I liked the tunes. I wasn't thinking, right, I'm going to buy this because I'm going to be a DJ. You, you just want to re-listen to in your own house just, of what you listen to. Exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, and absolutely. Was, and I mean, back then there was, you know, you would listen to tapes and you couldn't, you couldn't get the names of tunes, yeah. uh, you know, like you can now. So you have to do a bit of oh, a... Oh, you can't just get your shazam out. Yeah, this, exactly. You know I mean? so yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a mission. One thing I can also remember, the first night we ever went in there then was uh, Sean DJ, and let's say he had, like, long hair, and you were like, oh, so that's him. But it was weird, because he had this telephone in his hand. Right. And he's and he's just, like, every now and again, he's picking this telephone up. Do you know the old, white, ivory-looking right. telephones? And I was thinking, what what's he doing there? How's he, who's he ringing? And why they wouldn't hear any because of the music, but <laughs> when it all comes to all, using his headphones, he was using eh? his headphones. <laughs> I'm mental. And, I've never, I've never snapped before, but I know you. Yeah, mean, it, honestly, it was bizarre. You know, standing yeah. there with his head all crunched yeah. over with this, and I'm thinking, why is he using a telephone? And and, and, that, yeah. and that's what it was, headphones. And before you were a DJ, you maybe didn't put two and two together no. of what he was actually doing. No, like, exactly. I remember listening. 
to the, like dance music and that when I was first getting into it. And I didn't know that one tune mixed into another the way it does. And yeah. like I just thought. I just thought it was all one. Like, I used to get the tape, and I just thought it was one long tape. Like, like one mega mix. Yeah, and I was just like, well, you just it, don't think of it, do you? Here's a bit of trivia for your podcasters. The first DJ ever to use two decks, do you know who it is? I don't know. It's a okay. bit of a bit of a sore subject. Jimmy Savile. Oh, God. <laughs> Jimmy Savile decided he didn't want to break in between the, mm. you know, having to take the needle off and putting another tune on. Aye. Yeah, Jimmy Savile. I didn't know. I'm full of trivia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a random one, that man. No. No. But yeah. Now then, now I mean, then. Now then, now then. But it's like, I mean, a lot of the Chicago DJs, they obviously, they used to do um, remixes on the fly. Yeah. Now, that wasn't something I was into back then, but when, you know, over the last sort of, like, sort of 15 years, when you listen back to, like, Ron Hardy. Magical, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the, uh, I always say I would love to have gone to the warehouse or music box. Right. Um, like Ron Hardy, um, Larry Levan, Frankie Knuckles, you know. Yeah, pioneers, aren't they? Absolutely. Listening back to some of them, I'm like, how did I never, ever hear these? It, as, as thing as it is, the, it, the certain things don't take off in certain yeah. areas. And for our area, it, it never really, it but, maybe just drifted past. But the thing is as well, I know obviously around here and stuff, but like the, um, Chicago is, it's responsible for that everything. Type, yeah. For everything. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, house I, music, four to the floor, isn't it? That's, that's, that's yeah. where it is. And I know obviously that it, you see all these documentaries on, um, on Netflix and all that when about this like acid house and all that sort of thing and they try and make out as oh it was a southern thing but to me you know you've only got to look as far as like the Hacienda mm. you know there was there was to me that's where it originated from it, it didn't to me, for me down like originate down south I might be wrong yeah um, I've I've heard loads of different origin stories of like of of house and and um and thing like and i don't think anyone will ever know where it truly came from but f from what i know and what i can gather the the it was it was the chicago house scene yeah. of like they were making music for all-nighters and yeah. um and they weren't they weren't doing it to, to like um for any money or all like that it was just stuff that they could play in their sets and yeah. on their on the radio stations and stuff like that and from 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 what i can gather and what i've seen and researched and stuff like that it that it wasn't meant to be as as big as it's got it's no, just it, it was just their own personal preference yeah. of tunes yeah it's like they used to get a disco track and where the drop was they loved it but that's 10% of the record. It only lasted five seconds. And the 90% yeah. of the track they didn't like, so all they yeah. done was they would just... And, Loop and it, as yeah. I say, remix yeah. it on the fly. Uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by all that. Like, Unreal. I love the origins of yeah. it all, and then how one genre goes into another, and then and then it evolves into this, and then, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, well, as I say, when they start using the 808s... And, mm, it's just fascinating, mate. Uh, I love it. Uh that's it's a whole different podcast in itself yeah, it is, <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah uh, right so i'll get back on track then because as i say we keep going off on la tangents but um that's what we're about mate rather yeah than go for it well that's it it's just a, it's just a chat isn't it I, I'm, mm. I'm not gonna sit here and give you a script uh, <laughs> it is it is what it is it's just right and i mean i don't want it to sound all about me hopefully it's you know there's a few things in here oh. that people's picked up on and thought oh i didn't know that it's like i say i'm 
maybe the listeners don't know, but like what I do is I tell everyone before they come on, I say it's not. In, I'm not interviewing you. Yeah, get here to have a crack. And well, that's it. If it was an interview, I'm not. I don't want to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this? What do you think? Yeah. Of? I just want. I'm just. I just like you digging want the your story. brain, and we can we can just yeah. go from from there. I'm not. I'm not like uh, the only things I'll ask is stuff at the end, and that's just a bit daft, isn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, going back into it, you you sort of getting into the the mid nineties. Yeah. Where, what's happening? Are you, are you so yeah, I mean, it got to a point where you know I'm buying the I'm buying these twelve inch vinyls and that from from you know Melody House from Three Beat in Liverpool, and mm. and it's opening your mind to different music, and then. Obviously, you're seeing the DJs in action, and you're thinking, "Do you know what the way he's controlling this crowd and stuff?" And it's intriguing. You know, it? it's intriguing, and and so like you would just go and watch and see what they were up to, and then you just sort of right. Well, I, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Yeah. I mean, a couple of my mates, they, they were all into the tunes, but the you know they weren't going over to the, to the. To there was myself and a, a, a like called Brian Telford Bricker. Bricker yeah. was another. Um, DJ back in the day that's you know he's still doing little bits and bobs now but me and him were intrigued whereas the other lads they were just going because they loved the tunes and yeah. they loved the atmosphere and all that sort of stuff um, so yeah it, it then it was like right I want to I want to be a DJ so when we were going to the under 16's discos and they were dropping a few tunes in that was getting played at the old hall um, the first DJ I actually heard was Phil Goodall. Right. Believe it or not, Phil was doing the under 18s discos. Um, uh, Phil's always been a great mate of mine, great lad, absolutely brilliant DJ, but he's one of these that's quiet and he won't put his cell out there. He's coming on here, by the way. Is he? Yeah, good. I've asked him good. Because oh, he will have a tale to tell, because I mean, he, he went all over the place. Mate, we sit and like we've, we've we've talked about fucking Hong Kong nonstop. Yeah. I looked at, I, I like go on there and he spent a lot of time there in yeah. the nineties and like, and yeah, he's, yeah. he's a wild one. Isn't he like he's just he's like he's, he's just a great lad. He's he just you know fantastic. he's just a great lad um, down to earth. Uh, do you know I've never I've never known anybody say a bad word about the lad. Um, he just gets on with it and and as I said, DJM wise. There's not a lot around. I know I'm not one of these who says such and such is better than such and such yeah. because at the end of the day, you're just playing somebody else's music. Yeah. Um, it's all got the same mix and breaks, so people just mix at the exact same places, etc., etc. So, but Phil's one of these who would never put himself out, but he would do things on the fly that you would like. Ah, oh, that was good. Uh, uh, it's yeah. experimental and. But I'm sure he'll tell you all this when he comes on his podcast. Yeah. Um, so you you were so watching him. I was uh, watching Phil as well, and obviously because I knew Phil, you could get more of an in-depth crack. And believe it or not, um, on the old old tapes, Shawn Michaels, he would DJ and MC at the same time. Right. Um, not so much as in he would do he would be lyrics and stuff. Crowd hyping. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like crowd hyping and that. So I can also remember this one time we were there uh, there at this under 16s and there wasn't many people, you know, people just went and listened to the tunes and there was hardly people dancing and things like that. And I was just cracking away at Phil and I said, give us the mic. So oh, that was man. my first, believe it or not, was my first interaction with a crowd in in this sort of scene. And I grabbed the mic and I was 
reciting bloody lyrics that like you would hear MCR because MCR mm. at this point was then coming up to the old old right um, and he was on on tapes copying and stuff. tapes essentially right? yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so you know you were just copying Jimmy Irie and um, so and that that's how it started and I just thought right so I, I want a DJ but I just never ever knew how I would sort of get a break into into doing DJ mm. um, as I said I touched on it earlier uh, I knocked around with Bricker, so there was me, Bricker. We knocked around with Danny Maudlin, and Danny yeah. Maudlin got a set of 1210s. Right. Danny was big into, into his DJ. In fact, when Shawn Michaels came up here, he actually took the name Space Face, and that was going to be Danny's name. Right. So, again, that's another one that a lot of people will go, oh, bloody hell. But Danny had said, go on then. Do you know what I mean? You can you can sort of take that name. Right. So yeah, Danny, I'd, it was one of the first people around here to have twelve tens. So I was taking my tunes down to Danny's house as sixteen year old, like yeah. thinking right, oh, and having a mix and stuff. Not known, you know. There was no, there was mixing breaks in tunes, but not many. Yeah. But you didn't know when to put them in and take them out, and that you were just there's no batting. education on it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not, and it, you know, it's just over time that's how it's how how it's developed. Absolutely. So. Um, I remember my first ever gig was, believe it or not, in a village hall, and there was maybe about fifty of us all just knocking around, all 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 the younger younger right. generation, if you like, ones that wanted to get into the club scene but didn't want to go because they weren't old enough, if you know oh, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And my first ever gig was at the uh, big rig village hall right. on two hi fi's, <laughs> no mixer. Aye. No. Oh, so you're playing one tune. No the, sound uh, system. Right, I see. Absolutely no sound system. No lights. In fact, what we done for lights? Remember when you you go past a skip and there's a light flashing on a skip <laughs> to say a light like, warning? We took a couple of them and just chucked them in. But that's all we were. That's all I was doing. DIY just, rave. Just do what DIY. So there was no gains or out like that. Right. If you had a, a record that was better pressed than others, you know they were coming in at different volumes and that, but. That was the first ever sort of interaction I had as a DJ, um, if you if that's what you wanted to call me. Yeah. No, no well, you are being a disc jockey. Yeah. That's, that's essentially yeah. what it is. I know you're not being the 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 what you would be known as, but you're still yeah. entertaining people with music and like 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 being a DJ. I know it sounds daft, but like I remember like when we were younger, we'd we'd have like little house parties and that with like mates and. I'd I'd be the DJ, but what I'll, all I'm doing is I'll be putting the tunes on the iFi, and, uh, and the next you're not mixing tunes, but you're keeping that crowd. You're reading the crowd, and you're yeah. You, what do they want next? What do they want next? What do they want next? And the, the, to me, that's that's part of DJing. Of course, like, it is you, absolutely. I, I know just, you're not beat matching or not like that, but yeah. you're right. These lot, they're not really feeling right. Get this one on, right? Bang the right back into it. That, that, yeah, that's what you were doing on two high fives, going from one to the other. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, just exactly what was said earlier. Like, I don't want to keep saying his name, Jimmy Savile, but like, <laughs> it was you just didn't want to break in the music because you heard the tapes and there was no breaks in the tapes. Yeah, so you were just you know mimicking it, uh, sort of thing. Uh, right, so that that was my first ever sort of thing, a gig, and I decided you know I wanted to be a DJ. I mean, I was never, ever going to afford Technic 1210s uh, back, back then. And t to be fair, I never, ever actually owned a set of decks right. in, in all my time DJing. 
in the early days, I never, I just like, as I say, I would, I would uh, have a go on Danny's. Right, so wherever I set of decks, you just get your records around and yeah. learn on the fly. Yeah, sort of so, so yeah, a lot of it comes down to like Danny, who was learning, who mm. who learnt me. Um, but I knew I was never ever gonna. You're seeing all these like Citronics and all these, you know, all these copy. Mm. But they're not techniques now. No, no. Turn, and I and I thought I I don't really want to sort of buy them just in case it's just a fad. <laughs> yeah, if you know what I mean, but. Fast forward, I would say a couple of months after going to the old hall um, and then leaving school, I was glass collecting in Captain Senny's. That was that was my job. Right. So I wasn't I wasn't earning a great deal of cash. But you were around it though. But I, but I was around like sort of the nightlife, if you like. Yeah. And they had twelve tens in there. Right. So, like, before my shift, I would, like, oh, I would, I would go and have a look and, you know... I figure it out. Figure it yeah, out, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Look at it. What, what's this mixer and all that? Um, you know, so you would you would see how the sort of setup worked and things, and and I would think, yeah, definitely, I would love to be able to, to own a set of 1210s or 1200s, as they were, um, but just knew it was, like, out of my price range. But as luck had it... One day, the DJ didn't turn up at Captain Senny's. Right. And the manager, um, Clive Smitham, at the time, he says, like, what are we going to do? We've got no music. And I said to him, I says, look, Clive, I says, I've got loads of records at home. I says, but it's not what you, you're usually playing, are you? Right. You know, you're usually playing your chart stuff. I, I said, I've got some dance stuff. He was like, I don't care. Just go and get it. We need some music on. Right. And so here we go he's me on 12 tens in front of an audience Aye. so i obviously picked up a little bit off, off you know off using danny's and stuff so this full night is me banging out tunes like sld getting out unity unity all right. these tunes you were in at the old hall and like you know instead of your chart music and there was a lad in uh because, I mean, you take it, it was rammed all night and that's where people went before they went to the park and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And there was a lad who worked in the park and he says, yeah, he says, I didn't know you DJed. And I said, well, I don't really DJ. I said, I've got all the tunes and stuff and there was nobody to DJ right. tonight. So I sort of stepped in. He says, you should come over the park. He says, because, like, them tunes would be would be awesome. So to cut a long story short, we basically, he says... I think it was about two weeks later, I said, look, I'll come over after my shift and I'll play. But what you've got to remember in the park as well, it was two levels and it was all the chant music and stuff downstairs. Sure, and right. it was a lot of chant music upstairs with the odd tune, dance tune, yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd dance tune in. So it was like sort of going in and playing different, if you like, different music. Uh, not, not what the client tells you. Yeah, that. you know, you would you would hear, like, REF, We've Got to Live Together and that, because things like that charted, a lot of Dream Frequency stuff charted, uh, uh, a lot of Love Decade stuff. But, like, you know, you were going in and you were, you sort of, I felt it was taking it up a notch. Right. You know, because these, these are the tunes that were getting played in, like, Love Shack, um, you know, Hackett's, Jenks Bar, it's gone. It's it's big. It's it's transitioning now yeah. from from your y y bar yeah. pub to this is this is a rave. Oh, and this is what a, we're a gonna club. play. Yeah, yeah. yeah and like 
So I, obviously I just thought it was a one-off um, and I played all these tunes and then uh, it, it was a lad called David Armstrong, Zippy. And Zippy says to us, why don't you come back next week? And I was like, yeah, spot on, I will, I. So I went back the next week and he says to us, I'm packing in. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I was thinking, I've just got a foot in the door. Aye. And I mean, I was only 17 at the time, so I shouldn't have even been in the place. Right. And I was thinking, so that that's it now, I'm back to square one. And he goes, no, why don't you take it on? Ah, I was so like, he, was so, he was sort of lining you up really, wasn't he? And I was like, like well... I d I, how can I do this like by myself it's like four hours I work at Captain Senny's this, no just pack Captain Senny's in and, and come and work you, you start at nine o'clock um, you know you can play all night by yourself if you want or you can get other lads in with you and I says well, look I'll, I'll do it but do you know anybody else who can help me and he says funny enough I do I know another lad um, he plays similar stuff to you um, I'll bring him down next week, introduce him, and then that's me done, and it can be you two doing it. Right. So it's like, I ah, fair enough. So I packed in at Captain Senny's and stuff, went over with a couple of boxes of records for my first night at the park, which, and he introduced us to this lad, Darren Cherry. All oh, right, all right. So that's how I met Darren. I, I didn't know who Darren was beforehand or anything like uh. that. I think he was similar to me. He was obviously older than me, so he was going to the old hall more on a regular basis. Aye. Big friends with Jagger. Yeah. Who, again, became, for me, one of the pioneers around here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Sean, Sean took Jagger under his wing. Yeah. Um, Jagger went to, like, Love Shack and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it, it seemed right, obviously, myself and Darren. Mm -hmm. And we both had the same sort of idea of we wanted to change upstairs into something completely different to downstairs. Yeah, aye, absolutely. And and that's why we sort of hit off straight away because, you know, we had all these imports and things like that. So when you met him, yeah. right, um, did you have a, like when you, all tunes you got, did you have a similar collection or, or was Yeah, was, I mean, was I lo we had a lot of duplicates and stuff, but... Um, but so you were on you're on the same wavelength. We were on the same wavelength. we were on the same wavelength straight away. Now, round about this time, to me, this is when you're old school, like you love decades and your SLDs and your Unity and mm. all your piano, rhythm foundation, all that sort of stuff was starting to change into like your synthy stuff. Right. So at the time you you, you had your Jenks bar and you had likes of Chris Baker, yeah. Andrew Dean, John Jay, Matt Bell, um, who they would come up to the old hall as well. All yeah. those, apart from Chris Baker, it was always like John Jay would come up, Matt Bell would come up um, to have this sort of dialogue with Cumbrians. Yeah. Because what would happen is people would go to the old hall on the Friday and then on the Saturday they would all meet in the White House, Aye. Um, which was run by Cumbria Leisure who owned the park and owned the Pagoda. A little bit more trivia for you. I knew that one, mate. Did you? Aye. Um, so, and then people would go to the... To the White House on a Saturday and then decide where they were going on a Saturday, you oh, know, yeah, go yeah. Jenks and stuff. So, you know, it was good to have like some Matt Bell, Chris, uh, John Jay, yeah. MCIRI, and that up here. And they, then, they were just promoing themselves, they were, really. Yeah, they were dragging they, yeah. the crowds up here on a Friday, yeah. and the crowds were then going elsewhere on a yeah. Saturday. So it, it all made sense. Um, so yeah, you were you were starting to get like a lot of lot more synth driven right. tunes now. So this must have been 94 onwards 95 you, you tell me i was right. eight i'll have been 17 18 probably right. 18 by now when 
because there was a couple of years when, uh, well, a couple of months when we were playing stuff like House Corporation, I know, can do a project out of control. Right, People right. who are into the earlier stuff will know exactly what I mean yeah. in here. Uh, fall for money, um, a moment in time, all that sort of stuff. And then you started transitioning into your, like, um, like Fargetters and yeah, yeah, yeah. 49ers were making a bit more synth-driven tunes and... So was this more like the the natural progression, or were you still following what the other lads from away were doing? Was their style changing as as was yours? Well, yeah, because as I say, as I said earlier, I was buying tunes from Melody House, so I was ringing up and asking for the current stuff. So obviously, Melody House and, mm. and, and Jenks and Zone and everything were all in, in you know because uh, obviously Phil and Debbie have ran Zone. And Melody House, mm. they ran Melody House, Melody House promotions. So whatever they were playing, we You're were so, it up your we right, were, we right, were okay. sort of playing as well because you know that was what that was what was yeah. available. Yeah, you know, and and as I said earlier, Debbie would know the sort of stuff that we wanted. You know, I wouldn't go in and she would start rap pulling out tunes that would chart and things like that. She knew I was into the Italian imports and that's what her DJs were playing. Right. Yeah. So, so it was just a progression there. of. The how sound, the music yeah. went right right so you're playing the symphony stuff in the park and that how yeah. was it going off were the, were, the, were the locals into it straight away or were you were you having to like push it a bit like um you, you had a you had a core of people because what you've got to remember the people who were like really into the dance music they were going away on saturdays yeah. it's just if they couldn't go anywhere they would you know they would come, come into in, the park because uh, no they would know there was a similar similar vibe going right. on so yeah it 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 took it took the transition seemed quite easy if if um. if i don't say so myself because it was like again people were still into your jenks and yeah you know and then then a bit seamless then was yeah. It? yeah yeah right okay. so it was sort of do you know we because we were following um the sort of blackpool yeah, crowd doing, and influence yeah. see see the, the, I, was, I wanted to ask this because i wasn't around then yeah but in retrospect right there's there's a big divide into old school heads and like i i just know this from from going old school nights and yeah. that and it's like you get those who, who are like the, the 92 piano house and yeah. then you get those who are like the, the 95 sort yeah. of synthy stuff yeah and it's like one or the other whereas during going through at the time yeah. i just wanted to know was it all of a sudden and you were getting a different crowd or was it was it it's just natural progression and it's it sort of it's, fell at the time you just think it's a natural progression but when you look back it's like it, it's like even now um like the, the earlier stuff you didn't get the people who were older than me going to like zone at the venue yeah, yeah, if yeah. you like um because the synth had moved on it, it, sorry, it, it progressed to synth music, um, but you didn't get the same sort of crowd. Like yeah. when when I look back and I picture who was in the old hall on those Friday nights the first time round, when I picture who was in the old hall the second time round when it was different, the synth, yeah. Yeah. completely different. There was maybe the odd one or two that had gone, yeah, but it was a completely different crowd argue, altogether. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I sort of can see that now as well. Because I played at an event called Unity in Carlisle a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Uh, big shout to Claire, by the way, for, mm -hmm. for that. Um, and that was more geared up to, 
your early 90s. Right. So you were getting a certain so you were clientele, getting, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, West Cumbria and uh, Carlisle. Uh, is that Andy and Andy as well? Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. I always found it was a bit more sort of marketing car because we'd have been like a city, if you yeah. like. But that, that clientele that was there, I couldn't imagine them being in, like, going to a Madison's event. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I and understand vice versa. Yeah. You might get the odd one or two. But not the whole crowd. But yeah. not the whole crowd. And and again, it's a perfect example because you've got Madison's, that's, it's thriving at the moment, the reunions mm. and stuff. Um, and you're getting a massive crowd. That's all right up for it. Whereas I played at Unity as well and it was a totally different crowd. Yeah. But they were all up for it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That, yeah, that's, what I was, that's what I was wanting to get at. Yeah. The, the, there is a division with the with but that. But at the time, it was a smooth you transition. Did, you didn't sort of see that. You just thought that's what everybody's progression was. But yeah. again, you were getting all the people who were settling down, having kids. Which, yeah. Oh yeah. Which what I done eventually. It, ha it happens now. It, 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 you notice it's like a six month cycle. You could go and play out in Whitehaven, and six months later, you've got a whole different crowd in. There'll be one, obviously, the one or two that's the same move thing. But as it's just a new cycle constantly of new faces and and like just as you get to get to know people, that right, that's them settled down. Like yeah. you know what I mean? That's yeah. sort of how how everything happens. Um, so sort of moving on, you doing the, these park things. Was this every weekend? Is this is this? You this were, was this was every Friday Saturday. Right. Every Friday Saturday night. And then you were getting the sort of regular faces in, sort of building up a following. Of yeah, it, right? I mean. It, it, it was one of them again. We were sort of lucky to DJ in in that era because it was rammed every Friday and Saturday. Right. You know, you're talking like eight hundred. You DJ into like yeah. anything up to eight hundred folk uh, right. on a Friday and a Saturday. It did get to a point though, further down the line, where Fridays sort of died to death because likes of the old old had opened back up. And, Right. You know, you had Jagger, Swifty and Mackie. Down, diluting at that point. Yeah. yeah. You know, half there, half there. And, yeah. yeah, and then eventually, you know, I just I just said to Raymond, the, the manager, there's there's no point opening upstairs on a Friday because you, you weren't getting the footfall sort of thing. Uh, and rightly so, people were going to the old hall because it, it was a better night, it was better geared up. Mm. The, the, the park, to me, could have been one of the best nightclubs around, um, but it was just totally run wrong yeah i think f from what i can gather it, the, the split should have been more thing there should have, it should have been it should have been you've got your chart and like that you, should have been in the in, um in what, the, what's the word for it sort of like you uh sort of i don't know what you call it, like a margaret and dave go out on a on a, on a saturday night yeah. you've got your pop music you can sing along to and then upstairs a clear divide of yeah you're entering a rave yeah does that make sense yeah, so, yeah. um well, what I was going to get at is, see, during this time, was it just you and Darren that were doing it? No. Um, uh, so we were getting people in or Yeah, was we, it? We, we were getting uh, Bricker. Bricker would do it because Bricker was um, DJing as well at this point. Uh, Phil Goodall. Yeah. Um, Phil had left and went on to Pastures New and Abroad and stuff. But when Phil came back, Phil would DJ with us. So, yeah. And then um, I asked the lad to come down who was new to the scene uh gary hicks uh he doesn't dj out anymore yeah but um he was another he was known as a resident dj at the park right uh jagger would do the odd 
Oh, night, bits and bobs out. little bits and bobs when he because I mean at this point Jagger had moved to Blackpool and yeah you know so you hardly ever seen him when he came up he was coming up to see family and he would come in and he would have crack with us and stuff and um, but yeah so then so we we doing the the moving up like further on you doing the Saturday nights we what 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 else were you doing around this time like me personally yeah. um, I was doing nothing. Um, for me, it was just DJing in the park on a Saturday night. But as I got, you know, I got till about 18, 19, and then the old hall was on the on the go. Uh, I got, I done a guest night at the, that's not me, by the way, that's Brad's dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I done a guest night at the old hall. Um, we, obviously, I knew Jagger well, knew Mackie well, knew um, Darren and stuff. So I done a guest night at the old hall on a right. fr one Friday night. And a couple of months later, I wasn't sort of getting anywhere or anything like that. And then the old hall was burnt down. Right. Um, I don't know if you can remember that. Uh, no. no, no, you wouldn't. I've heard the story. I've heard the You've story. Heard the stuff, story but like, yeah. yeah. So the old hall was no more. And, uh, I mean, that was at the time again. That was like the sort of your place to go on a Friday. Park was the place you went on a Saturday. Um, but Mackie and Swift. They were um, they were gonna go and off onto a new adventure, right. and so basically this time they were looking for work and stuff. Uh, but Madison's had started on a Friday as well, which, right. which Bricker was doing the Madison's. So Bricker had said to me, "Why don't you come and do a Madison's?" So I was like, mm, I, I, "You know, I, I, I sort of wanted in an ideal world, I would have wanted the park to have got." Yeah. popular again on a Friday and then I didn't have to sort of go out my comfort zone yeah. but I did I went I went Madison's um, with Bricker and I think I, I was only there maybe about four to five weeks mm. so you know maybe five I worked there five nights because uh, as I say it's not like what it is now where it's an event every couple of months it's, it's it, a it was, it was weekly yeah, yeah, thing yeah. and you know so stayed there for a couple of weeks um, and in the meantime Swifty and Mackie got sashes at Sillith. Right. So they asked me, did I want to go to Sillith with them? Where's, where was Sashes at? It was, um, when you when you come round onto the main Cobbley Road, mm. There's a there was like a little shop just on your right-hand side. Right. And there was a shop and then Sashes was on, oh, downstairs, down right. the stairs. Right, okay. I've always wondered where that yeah. was, you know, because um, obviously you hear about it. And... Yeah. So, yeah, I, so I then I decided, and I know it sounds a bit shit on Bricker and, and stuff because I mean we've grew up together, mm. and I just I, I thought no I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, gonna go to Sashes because Mackie and Swift had told me they were getting um, uh, MC Sweat mm. as, as resident MC, yeah, um, and at the time he was like quite a popular MC, and I thought I wouldn't mind working uh, with, with, with Carl. Um, so yeah, I made the I made the jump to Sashes. So there was me, Mackie, Swift, and Sweat, and then we got a lad from uh, Bolton called Jay Walsh. Right. Oh yes. And nice. everybody, everybody who knows who Jay is. Yeah. The uh, wizard. The wizard. The wizard. So Class. I'm like eighteen, nineteen, and them two were MCing for me. Mm. It was like 
you know, at the time they, they sort of complimented each other. They were absolutely brilliant. I know you're going to get people who say Wizard's better than Sweat, Sweat's better than mm. Wizard, Ivy's better than Breeze, Breeze is better than Ivy, yeah. you know what I mean? But to me, they were all different. They, they, they were all they all had their own style and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't put them in a ranking order they were all good lads all great with me all took me under the wing after I, I, I think it's good about this sorry to interrupt you yeah but what I think it's great about it is each MC so whether you say breeze Irie, wizards yeah. where they all had an individual style they like, did the, so the, you were saying you can't rank them it's because you can't rank them the, you can't the, the, they didn't all Try and be one person. They're all they're all doing their own thing. Like obviously, you listen to Wizard. Yeah, sounds nothing like Irie. Like two, exactly. di- two two different worlds. Yeah, but they were doing the same job, and yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love and that. that's why I thought Sashes was really was really good, and it worked in regards to the MCs because they were two different lads. You yeah. know, Wizard and Sweat. Sweat was more uh, well. Wizard was more lyrical. Sweat was more like get people up type mm. of thing. But but they could both do. Either each job, other's yeah. style yeah. Uh, and that's why it worked and to be fair it was it, it's I always say the best club in Cumbria I've been in was old old first time round yeah I don't think anything will ever beat that for me I think that was because I was time and a place in it time and a place and it probably added to the excitement because I was uh, I shouldn't have been in there I was too you know I was underage <laughs> It's so been brand new as well, yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's, so I, I always say that as the thing, but the best, the, the best nights I ever, I ever played are in Cumbria. I mean, everybody, most people know me for the, for the park, and they would probably say I would select that. But for me, it'd have to be Sashes. Right. And don't get me wrong. That was because of the like the people, the crowd, the people I was DJing with. Um, no disrespect to any of the others, the yeah. park because brilliant nights, Madison's. <laughs> Brilliant nights. Madison's is the only one that's still yeah yeah going now. Um, like Beaches took on the the Madison's reunions. He's mm. been doing them for over ten years. Well, about thirteen or fourteen year now, and that's the only ones that's getting the the people in in regards to reunions. Yeah. Um. But and none of the others don't did. Like yeah. you could put a park reunion night on next week, and you would maybe have twenty fourking. Yeah. You know, where whereas the Madison's ones you're getting a crowd and, and, and you are getting people coming from away as well, which is good. So we're back, we had a little break there. Um we got up to the point of Sasha's being your favourite. Yeah. Um Well let's let's move sort of forward. Like how many people were you getting in Sasha's on a on a weekend? Oh, uh, I don't know what the capacity was, but it was it was rammed every week. And mm. I remember we were getting people coming and getting turned away because it was that popular. Was you it know? a big room? Not really. It mm. was like an underground... That's the thing I liked about it. It was like an underground basement, so it was dark and it was, mm. you know, it was Love dingy, it. if Love you it. liked. But um, it just... Everything just complemented each other. Aye. Now, I mean, take it at the time, you were getting... Um, you were getting bands coming from Scotland, like your Dimensions and yeah. people like that. We were actually the first people that got Dimension on in Cumbria. Right. You know, so that was new to them. Uh, we got Dimension, uh, Ultimate Buzz. Yeah, class. So these were firsts for, like, for Cumbria. Class, class. Um, I don't know if Sasha's is classed as West Cumbria. <laughs> like, uh, no, it's Cumbria. But it's Cumbria as a whole. And, I mean, like... So as I say, you had these nights, you had Madison's going on at the same time. You had 
you probably had nights going on in Carlisle. Yeah. The, the scene was alive. It was like, alive yeah, 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 and kicking. Yeah. And I mean, you were filling, you know, clubs were filled. It didn't matter wh- where you went. If you went Madison's, it was full. If you went to Sasha's, it was full. Yeah. You know, now you couldn't have uh, a Madison's night and a, a Sasha's reunion mm. at, at the same time on because... The, yeah. it's to the same crowd. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it, and it wouldn't work. And obviously, I mean... Beachy being a good promoter, he would he probably he wouldn't even have a, a night that yeah 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 that staggered for the respect of his brand and the respect of the person's brand absolutely so but yeah you know you were rammed every single every single night that mm. you, that you played there right so let's move forward what what was next for you like so you've right. done so sashes. sashes came to an end because there was it was getting to a point where there was trouble right. um, now the the guy who owns sashes paul blake he sash the, the the nightclub and the arcade and the shops and everything that's all associated yeah with, in Silith. Paul owned, owned all those and it was like a family run business and it right. had been passed down years and years. So obviously he wasn't going to jeopardise his family business just for, for the, the, the nightclub night right. when his, his niche would have been like summertime when family families and all that. Yeah. So I don't, I, you know, I don't blame him for cutting the night short. It was a shame, but things happen. Mm. Um, so then it was just a case of, right, what do, what do I do now? Mm. Um Madison's was still going strong. Um, you know, you had, you had people like Chris Baker, uh, Matt Fear, Steve Roberts, uh, Frenzy, uh, Charlie, Madjay. They were all playing at the... at the, So, you know, I wasn't going to just get on an event like that. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't popular Inver- in yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that it would be like, oh, he's not working now, right, we need him on sort of thing. Mm. Like some DJs could command that sort of status. Um so I think what we what we done then was, because um, I, I got really friendly with with Swifty, yeah, uh, another great lad, absolute diamond of a lad, um, brilliant DJ. Not many more super superlatives I can say about him. To be mm, fair, yeah. Um, but he wanted to carry on these, you know, these nights, these Friday nights. Um, the old all opened back up after. It, it had burnt down right so we got the the gig there there was me myself swift i think it was just us two to start with we were going to see how it went and and we had jimmy irie right. doing a couple of nights with us but to be fair we were we were on hiding to nothing because it was never going to command the type the type of crowd that it had just yeah, before yeah, the yeah. fire uh people had sort of moved on and gone elsewhere and stuff and to be fair, I noticed a, a slight change in the in the in the tunes because we didn't go in and promote it as an Italian or an old school night. Me and Swifty were starting to play like a bit of house music, right? Um, so we sort of geared it up as that sort of night. Maybe in hindsight, we maybe shouldn't have done that. We should Everyone have. love Italian, mate. <laughs> well, well, that's it. You yeah. know, we should have we should have maybe just opened it back up, but we didn't want to sort of like open it back up same old same old and same old same old sort of thing um so we done that for a couple of weeks we persevered with it for a couple of weeks but it just wasn't getting the numbers and stuff i mean in this day and age with all the social media we could maybe push it a bit more yeah sort of thing but at the time you know you you, you relied on flyers in chip shops and posters right. on walls and things so it didn't sort of work um right. and after a couple of weeks we just knocked that on the head and I just went back to the park and tried to, 
you know, just, re, I was it. just playing really. Yeah. It was more like, I mean, as I said, I never had decks or anything like that. So my playtime on decks and stuff was actually on the night. Right. So I would sometimes go in on a Thursday night and before Thursday night started, um, the DJ was DJing on Thursday night. They were playing like 60s, 70s, 80s and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But be an hour before the club opened, I would go in and just, you know, have I'll ratch through the new tunes that had been sent up from Debbie. So, right. um, but yeah. Excellent. So, well, at this point, are you, are you sort of like, are you finished with with a residency as such and you were just doing spots? I'm still still resident at the park right. every Saturday. Um, as I said, these gigs that I was taking on were Friday nights, so it worked. Yeah. Um, so Saturdays I was still still doing the park and but I sort of then started to change the style of music I was playing. Right. Again, reiterating from what I said there about me and Alan playing house music. We started playing a bit more housey stuff, and I tried to in bring that in right. at the park, but I was getting stuff like, play people talk, uh, play, yeah. play such yeah. and such, uh, what, what are you doing playing all this sort of stuff? But at the time, I was, get, I was on quite a few um, mailing lists, right. so I was getting a load of like... Um, brand new stuff. Brand new yeah. tunes for free, as long as you filled in the, the little Response, slip that yeah, co yeah. came with it and stuff. And, you know, you had to send flyers off to prove that you were DJing and you weren't just blagging free tunes and stuff. Yeah. So all that was covered in that, and that was fine. Um, so, yeah, I would just send... I would be playing all these new tunes, and it was win-win for me because I saw that... I spent six months on the dole. Right. So I had no income at all. So it sort of, like, came at a good time. I was getting all these tunes for free. So I was trying to incorporate playing it and Swifty was playing with us and but it just wasn't and it what used to wind me up was uh, now in no way <laughs> or shape or form am I trying to compare these clubs, but people were then going to like tall trees and things like that and they mm. were listening to exactly the same tunes that I was playing. Yeah. Right? But oh we went tall trees, what an amazing night. Yeah, but I'm playing them tunes as well. Oh, no, play your Italian. They, they went to the park for Italian. Yeah. Um, I touched on the last podcast. You obviously won't have heard Doofs yet because he wasn't yeah. released. But um, my, my dad had went out in the park and that, and he he, were, he was an MC in the park for a while. You might have knew him, you might not have. But anyways, um, it it was always... It, it, it's Italian yeah. it's Italian you, you don't yeah. go in and you wouldn't if you, if our cartoon was on you'd be like what the fuck's going on yeah. you know what I mean yeah and and it was always Italian Italian yeah you, you can't you can't rebrand something as much as you can try yeah uh, like I've tried doing things in the field uh, you try to rebrand something and if it's got that that to it then yeah like it, it's one of them we were victims of our own success it, to be fair it's like marketing. If you said we're going to do a park reunion and you did go and play all them tunes, it's like no, we had Italian on in the park and this yeah. is what it was. People talk or yeah. nothing, and it's like that's that's what it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mate. So, but as I said, to to go from like chart stuff and that, and then then bringing the like old school and then the synth and stuff. Uh, again, that's what people know it for. I mean, the. People know it for a lot of people around here, especially in Whitehaven, working. 
they met their partners in the park. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah. so it's got that side of, it's not just, it, it was known because it was playing Italian and stuff and we were DJing there, you know, it was mm. it was one of the only really places you could go on a Saturday night. I mean, when we first started on Saturday night, you had to go in with dress pants on and shirt. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and that's the culture we changed. Do you, not, do you not think, though, when I was saying before it's church, <laughs> it was people's church, do you know what I mean? Like, Well, you had that on Gallagher's. Yeah, it, like if you if you were a parkhead, yeah. you went to the park. You, yeah. Like that 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 was. Oh, it had its crowd. Do you know what 100%. I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, and if you were a Gallagher's, you were a Gallagher's. You, went to Gallagher's, you go, yeah. yeah. Like, but the, it was it was people's fucking mosque church, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, it's, it was. See, I didn't say it as I just seen it as that's where I worked. But do you not think, but though, from retrospectively a, yeah. looking at it now, it was right. This is. This is we had a, t- a special moment in time, and yeah. this was it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. When I look back, when I like look back on like sort of, um, you know, you've got you've got to remember there wasn't just me. There was, as I said, there was Daz, there was Bricker, there was mm. Gary X, there was Phil Goodall. You know, over over that time period that I was that we were actually there, I, I hope we did create a legacy. And mm. to be fair, when people think of the park, I think it does. That's the year that people remember the most. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, which which is good, um, but again, going going back to like trying to change it to house and stuff, yeah. that was the the sort of final straw for me when it came to DJing and stuff. I just thought, well, I want to play something new. Um, it's not working, but all this new stuff's getting played elsewhere. You know, elsewhere. I didn't want to travel to DJ that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll, t- I'll touch on it. I won't go into detail on it, but when, when I look back, um, I used to have, like, panic attacks. Right. And the first thing I used to think of when I got offered a, a gig or anything, how can I get out of this gig if, I, if I'm 10 minutes into my set? You know, so I didn't want to be uh, you, the length of breath of the country yeah. or out like that. That was the first thing I thought. No, what sort of... Um, how much money will I get? Hmm. Will my profile get raised? Because it would, to me, it wasn't about raising a profile. It was just I was doing what what I enjoyed. So that was the first sort of thing. It's like people just said to me, "Why don't you you see if you can? Why don't you send a tape to Debbie for for Zone and stuff?" Uh-huh. Now I'm not saying I was good enough, yeah. but it's something I wouldn't have done because I wouldn't have wanted to put that much pressure on myself. Absolutely. And I when I you. look and when I look back at it, like. Um, it, it was panic attacks and stuff because, like, I'll be 10 minutes into a set sometimes and I would I would say to Ixie or to Dan, do you want to take over for me? And they would say, why? And I would just say, oh, I just feel a little bit sick or something like that. Mm. And they'd be like, I no problem because anybody getting extra time yeah. absolutely buzzed off it. So I was covered there, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it was like my safety net, if you know what I mean, and that's why I wouldn't sort of go anywhere else. I mean, to me, at the time, I would have... In an ideal world, I would love to have done Zone Early Days or or Sequins. And, yeah, yeah. You know, because they were the two big... The main, big ones, yeah. The, the mainstays, so... You know, and then, as I say, I worked with the likes of Chris Baker, Andy Pendle, um, all the big DJs, Stu Davies, yeah. John Jay, and, and people like that when they would come to clubs uh, as guest slots. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like, as a young lad, wanted a DJ... That was what I would have wanted to have done, but in reality, in yeah, reality, yeah. it was never going to happen. I mean, I, I'm, 
don't get me wrong, I'm not saying hey, that I was good enough to, to be down there because, again... You were, go, no, but you were in the time and the place. I was in the, the time and the place yeah, yeah, and there wasn't as many DJs as what there is now. You know, you look yeah. now when there's 500 DJs as opposed to there was maybe a niche of 20, 25 of us right. at the time. I understand you, mate. Um, yeah. I want to carry this on... Um, and I, anyone listening, I can imagine they want to carry it on. Uh, like I've said for the last few guests, I want to get you back on again. Yeah. Because we've, we haven't even got to the millennium yet. Yeah. And like, uh, we'll have to tie it up for, for now um, because we've been going an hour and a bit. Um, I just want to ask you before you go. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you your three favourite tunes because I, I, feel, I feel like I, I don't really want to. Um, I want to ask you of, of that of that time period of your life of, yeah. of when it was the Sashes, Park, Madison's, everything. Yeah. What's one tune that, that, that when you think of that tune, you think of them times? Well, it, I mean, I've heard you on previous pods asking mm. uh, everybody the, like the three tunes and I can't really choose. Th- I, I wouldn't have been able to choose three, oh. but the one that I always say stands out to me is the first ever tune i bought on 12 inch which was expansions move your body nice now that's you're talking that's even before i started djing but i don't know what it is that that tune sort of blew my mind and took me to the next level yeah Uh, that's what it's your foot in the door yeah i mean if you if you want me to if you want to press me for the tune um i I think Amen Passion. Yep. I, I was one of the, if not the first to play that round here. Yeah. Um, that that's probably one of the top tunes I can always remember. And Hurricane Power to Jump. That was right. another one. Again, I was the only one playing it round here at the time. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, what was going to say? So we'll wrap it up now. Yeah. Uh, I asked everyone this: if you go to a Chinese, you're on your own. You're not yeah. with the family around. Chinese meal for one. What are you getting? I'm getting sweet and sour. No, I'm not getting sweet and sour. I'm going to get chicken Cantonese in Cantonese sauce yep. with boiled rice and seaweed. Excellent. Excellent, mate. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to explain on it because it's quality meal. Um, right, we're going to finish up now. Um, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, well... To be honest, obviously, because we're doing two parts, mm. um, I would have done. I'll, I'll, I'll do my plugs at, at the second part because, as as you know, I've still got quite a lot to tell. A lot to go through. So, but just a quick one. Um, I have been doing a couple of events lately for uh, Gary, uh, like in in association with Gary McKee. Anybody who doesn't know Gary, Gary is a lad that's doing a marathon every single day for a year. Yeah. So you imagine what what he's putting his body through. Um, that's in association with Macmillan Cancer and Hospice at Home. So I will get a link that you can put on. Yeah. Um, because to me, that's it, it's in, in your main what he's doing. Oh, a marathon every single day. So yeah. if I was going to donate some money to charity and stuff, um, it will be to that. It will be to that. And I will touch on charity and stuff on part two. No problem. Uh, I'll leave the link in the description for it. I'll get I'll get it off you and then you can just fire it over and I'll put it in. Um, I appreciate you coming on, mate. It's been an absolute blast. Wicked. Class. Nice one. Hope you've all enjoyed it. Don't forget, check out all the other episodes as well. I'll be grateful for that. Thank you very Th- much. Thanks, Mucker.